This is an audio cast of the Frontline segment, The Education of Omarina, broadcast September 13th on PBS. Tonight on Frontline, education in America. We've been checking in on Omarina since middle school, where a dedicated group of educators helped to turn her life around. But even more amazing, they stuck with her. No one in my immediate family has graduated high school and gone into college. However, I believe I'll be the first one, and they'll be excited and thrilled, and they'll be proud of what I've become. The education of Omarina on this special edition of Frontline. Frontline is made possible by contributions to your PBS station from viewers like you. Thank you. And by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Major support for Frontline is provided by the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. More information is available at macfound.org. Additional support is provided by the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. The John and Helen Glessner Family Trust, supporting trustworthy journalism that informs and inspires. The Wincote Foundation. And by the Frontline Journalism Fund, with major support from John and Joanne Hagler. And additional support from Laura DeBonis and Chris and Lisa Kanib. This is the story of six years in a life and an attempt to stem the dropout crisis in America. When we first met Omarina Cabrera, she was a middle school student in the Bronx and she had been struggling. Sixth grade was a hard year because me and my mom, we got evicted. I felt shattered. That was a home that I had for my whole life. I didn't know what was gonna happen next, and that period of not knowing wasn't something that I felt comfortable with. I felt this inkling in me that I would never want my children or, or anyone else experience this. Shuffled between relatives' apartments, some without even electricity, Omarina suffered another loss. When I was really young, my father walked out for whatever reason. I finally got in touch with him. Just before we were about to talk and I was about to go see him, he had gotten a stroke. I was seeing my father for the first time and it was in a casket. With her home life in chaos, Omarina's school life began to suffer. She was showing up late or not at all, starting down a path that so many other young people take. Every year, hundreds of thousands of students fail to finish high school. Even kids in the most dire circumstances really want a future. They just need to have a path to it. Robert Balfans, one of the nation's top education researchers, had been searching for that path for 15 years by studying kids who were dropping out of high school. Then he realized that the key moment when kids begin to go down the wrong path was actually in middle school. 
If in the middle grades you've developed habits of not coming to school regularly, of getting in trouble, or failing your courses, you bring that with you to high school. What he discovered was that if a sixth grade child in a high poverty school is absent more than 20% of the time, or fails math or English, or receives an unsatisfactory behavior grade in a core course, there is a 75% chance that they will drop out of high school, unless there is decisive intervention. It may seem far less than rocket science, but it's something that, in fact, schools, by and large, have not paid attention to. But Omarina School, Middle School 244, did. It had recently implemented a program based on Balfanz's research designed to catch faltering students like her. Every week, statistics were collected and reviewed by a team of counselors and teachers, including the principal, Dolores Peterson. Let's go to 802, Omarina. How is Omarina doing? They would flag the students most in need. Her mother's not even in the, the United States right now. She was in the shelter not that long ago, then they were evicted. I took her home one day, and it's on the other side of the world, you mm -hmm. can say. I can't tell you how much I worry every time she leaves this building. When she leaves this building, you know, she's on her own. In cases like Omarina's, they'd organize an intervention. Catherine Miller was Omarina's homeroom teacher. So once Omarina was identified, it was imperative on my part as a homeroom teacher in consultation with the guidance counselor to discuss why she was coming in late so many times. They came to me and they asked me, what's wrong? You've been late a lot. Something has to be wrong. And that's when I told Ms. Miller that I was evicted. Your mother needs to feel safe, or she needs to feel good about where you are, as do you. Um, and the best we can do right now. We can compile thousands of numbers about who's failing this or who's passing that. But if, if there's no response to that data, it's all for naught. It became clear that a chaotic home life was the source of Omarina's problems at school, and she needed targeted support. Are you gonna take this one today? The team helped her figure out routes to school from ever-changing addresses, got her a bus pass, and books. It's that sense of shepherding is, is what the kids need to know that an adult not only cares, but the adult can actually help them. How's it going at home? Mm -hmm. I think it's calmer than before. And your brothers? I had a lot of different things going on. I had my brother, who was so smart, and he was just like me. He's my twin. My brother began to be exposed to a lot of the things that were out there. And not only him, but a lot of us were. Not a lot of kids make the right choice, and that's happened a lot of times in the Bronx for a lot of people. In the summer after sixth grade, Omarina's twin, Omarlin, started hanging out on the streets and getting in trouble. His mother had him move to another school, thinking he'd be safer in a different neighborhood. But when we met him at the end of eighth grade, Omarlin was rarely attending school, and his high school plans were uncertain. Where am I gonna go to high school? I don't know. I haven't got my letter yet. I'll be something. The fact that he got involved with the streets, and he just began slipping off the mountain, slipping off, slipping off, slipping off. And that's really sad. Without everybody, that's what I would be. The fact that I go on to high school, that wouldn't matter to me. I can get my GED later, that's what I would say. 
Soon, Omarina was achieving near-perfect grades in attendance. Her teachers encouraged her to apply to competitive prep schools beyond New York City. I thought that was your best essay. It's really good. I love it. <laughs> Typically, young adults look upon a political figure or someone in their life for guidance and support. I, on the other hand, seem to find this inspiration within a black and white street sign. Imprinted on the signs are the words, one way. It taunts me with the inevitable reminder that coming in is not the obstacle, but making it out. When the acceptance letters began coming in, they included a scholarship to Brooks, an exclusive private boarding school in Massachusetts. So what did you decide? Which school did you choose? After giving it a lot of thought, I went with Brooks. So are you excited? Yeah. I I'm know really I am. <laughs> How does it feel, Miss Miller? It's very humbling, um, and I'm incredibly proud of your accomplishments. Oh, Miss Miller, you're going to make me cry. Thank oh, come <laughs> We checked in on Omarina halfway through her sophomore year at the Brooks School. I remember first getting here. I was nervous that I was way too different to fit in. We pray for our families. A lot of kids here are very wealthy and their parents are very important people. I go back to an apartment in the middle of the Bronx. And we pray for our school that we may always be a home for innocence and truth. There's times when you notice subtle comments because people haven't been exposed to certain things. I think they are genuinely curious and they genuinely want to know how I do my hair every morning or um, do I think in Spanish or, um, uh, I don't know, was I born here? In this new environment, the pressure on Omarina wasn't just social. <laughs> In the beginning, she says, she struggled to keep up in two. class. One, one equals three. Look at the last digit. I remember getting my first quiz back and almost throwing up because I had a 16%. And I think that was the moment when I realized, yeah, I'm not getting by if I don't work really, really, really hard. During those times when, you know, it feels like a little bit too much. I feel like I do have a strong faculty to support me, and Ms. Miller, who is always with me regardless of where I am. Good morning. Good morning. What classes do you have this morning? Uh, I have Algebra 2, and then I have a chem test. I felt as though it was really imperative to keep very constant contact. Okay, bye, Ms. Miller. Love you. Just to make sure that the adjustment was going well, but also knowing that you know many people were rooting for her to be successful here in the Bronx. So what if I asked you to graph this thing that's changing over time. Well, zero is there, so it would go away from it, so it would be negative. I caught up and I got good midterm grades. I'm excited about that and proud. My sophomore year, now this is a good year. You're kind of just floating. I just need to keep looking ahead and just keep going, keep moving a step at a time. But just as Omarina was getting on track at Brooks, she received a disturbing call. 
It was a Tuesday morning. I couldn't ignore the feeling that I had in my stomach. Why are we so powerless to save the people we love? She found out her twin brother, Omarlan, had been shot. I immediately thought, is he dead? Just tell me if he's dead. I want to tell you why I did it. The police said the shooter fled the scene. Omarlan survived. I was scared and sad and disappointed and um, worried, but I can't show that to him because he doesn't need that. He needs someone there to be strong for him. With their mother frequently not at home, Omarina was making regular trips to the Bronx, juggling the demands of her schoolwork and her sense of responsibility to her brother. Hey. Where were you? I tried very hard not to ever cry in front of him. I hope he does realize that I do care, and that's why I do the things I do, and that's why I always nag him. So you get transferred, or are you still in the process? What's going to happen with that? I don't know. I'm just waiting. Uh, it's not going to take long, right? No, I hope not. O'Marlon was reluctant to talk about what was going on in his life, or about the bullet that could have ended it. Came from this way into my arms, under my upper ribs on the left side, close to my heart. And I could have died, so I thank God that I'm not dead and I can still be here. So I just have fun. I know she's gonna have a bright future too, cause she she go to school, she got her scholarship. That's good. I'm gonna have to, to have a good life and a good job. And kids, and be married. That's it. So while Omarina was finishing her sophomore year at Brooks, Omarlan, at age 16, was still in the ninth grade. At the time of filming, he had only shown up for school five times all year. In the coming months, he would be arrested for carrying a knife and for possession of marijuana. I handle stress in different ways. When I get to Brooks, I use it as almost my getaway. I can't just think and think and think and think about all the things that are going wrong. I just think of other things that might be going right, you know? We returned to Brooks two years later, after a difficult junior year that would determine where or even if she would go to college. What is a quartet? Remember from Latin 20, you had that list of all impersonal verbs? Uh, indirect statement. Indirect statement. In the beginning, I definitely thought I was going to have one of the best years, but junior year ended up being one of the hardest years of my life. I think the clouds started gathering when we found out that um, O'Marlin was going to be having a baby. And I just remember thinking, like, what did you do? 
I just thought back to like our childhood and how much our parents, you know, affected the trajectory of our lives. And I just, I just feared that he might not be able to physically be there because he's in a frenzy to provide for her. And my fears came true um, when he was arrested. O'Marlin pled guilty to attempted robbery in the first degree and was sent to Rikers Island to await sentencing. I knew that my other half, my brother, the person that I love most in this world, was going through something so terrible that I could never even imagine. All right, so what is the antiderivative of nine? All of this anxiety, you know, caused me to um, lose focus in school. We're gonna get back to the finding the volume of the cylinder, but we're gonna do it through. Junior year is important because those are the grades that are sent out to colleges. I was like having panic attacks just thinking about like, wow, my grades aren't what they're supposed to be. Getting up out of bed was so difficult. Just that day felt like too much for me. I couldn't fathom the idea that this amazing young lady who has overcome so many things and is on the precipice of moving on to the next stage of her life and that might all be gone. I knew that an intervention was absolutely necessary, so I drove up to, to Brooks. I just stopped because I saw Miss Miller with her, I'm going to kill you eyes. <laughs> She'd always say like, all right, there's all these things you can't control, but what are the things that are bothering you right now that we can fix? She got me this poster from my wall, more frames to put pictures of, you know, the people that I love. Just that feeling that I had, you know, people to catch me whenever I did fall just gave me the strength to, to keep moving forward, step by step, step by step. While all this was going on, Omarina, with the help of Ms. Miller and the staff at Brooks, was also applying to colleges. That last document that GW needs, yeah. um, we need to take our efforts to the next level in terms of getting this yeah. thing done. The only way she could afford to go was with a generous financial aid package. Her first choice was George Washington University. I was scared because the ending of my junior year wasn't what I wanted it to be in terms of academics. There was the possibility that the grades were still gonna overshadow her accomplishments, which was so disheartening to think about. And I wasn't sure what we were gonna do if she didn't have any financial aid. The answer came when she was home for December break. She waited for the news at her old middle school. I'm just a big bunch of nerves right now. Anything can happen, basically. The email comes at five? At six. Okay. I got an email yesterday saying that they're gonna email it to me at six. Okay, y'all are taking too long for this. Like, I need to you know, it's been nine minutes. Oh my God, I got in! Oh my God, yes! 
for the money. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think they might send in the money later. I'll cry if I get full fin. I cried real tears. I don't cry. Um, I try not to cry, but so I, I will cry just real tears. asked if we can see a snapshot of the financial aid letter. Oh wait, wait, wait! He just emailed me back. What did he say? What did he say? I can tell you that is an, it is an extremely generous package, and she should have no issues making it work next year and beyond. <laughs> okay, now I feel better. Now I feel better. I feel better. I feel better. Oh my god, no. Oh my god, It's okay. It's okay. Oh, thank God. Oh, don't be angry. I'm so ugly. This, right? This is what we were working yes. on. Oh, yeah. Okay. You made it. Oh my god. You made it. 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 Okay. Oh god. I don't ever cry, but this, this is quite worthy. Oh my god. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Johns Hopkins researcher Robert Belfans. Life's in poverty are fragile. You could be doing great one week, one year, and then something else hits, and if you don't have supports, you could still crumble. Middle school intervention is not sufficient in itself, but it's essential that it starts there. And we can see that in these two kids' life trajectories. Although Will Marina got some special advantages, you don't need the boarding school. You need a decent high school. Two to three adults will get you all the way through high school graduation, and on a path to post-secondary. Her brother, tragically, represents the other side of the story. If we don't solve the problem or change the behavior that's leading a sixth grader to miss a month of school or fail math and English, it doesn't self-correct. In fact, we clearly see it gets worse. Around the same time that Omarina was accepted to George Washington, O'Marlin was sentenced to three and a half years in prison. One of the people who were testifying against him in their report, they said that Marlin had told them, like, I'm sorry that I'm doing this. Um, I'm doing this for my daughter. <laughs> he doesn't get to see a big portion of her early years, and his daughter's growing up pretty fast. Just really, really messes with me, like, knowing that I'm moving on to a good part of my life. You know, I'm graduating high school. I've always felt like he's lagging behind me, and I, you know, I'd, I don't know how to get him on track. Um, but this is something different in the sense that um, this is the rest of our lives. This is no longer, you know, school. This is his life. No one in my immediate family has graduated high school and gone into college. However, I believe I'll be, I'll be the first one. And they'll be excited and thrilled and they'll be proud of what I've become. To be that full of profound perspective and wisdom at this stage in her life leaves me believing that there are no limits to what she might do for and share with the world. It is my privilege to present the Trustees Prize to Omarina Cabrera.
congratulations to the class of 2016. Go to pbs.org frontline for more of our continuing coverage of the for-profit college industry. This is the most heavily subsidized private business sector in America. Read the essay that helped Omarina win acceptance to the Brooks School. And I for guidance and support. Visit our watch page where you can view more than 200 of our films anytime for free. Connect to the Frontline community on Facebook and Twitter and pbs.org frontline. Frontline is made possible by contributions to your PBS station from viewers like you. Thank you. And by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Major support for Frontline is provided by the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, committed to building a more just, verdant, and peaceful world. More information is available at macfound.org. Additional support is provided by the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues. The John and Helen Glessner Family Trust, supporting trustworthy journalism that informs and inspires. The Wincote Foundation. And by the Frontline Journalism Fund, with major support from John and Joanne Hagler. And additional support from Laura DeBonis and Chris and Lisa Kanib. Education of Omarina was produced and directed by Mary Robertson and written by Frank Kewen and Mary Robertson. The executive producer of Frontline is Rainey Aronson Roth. Frontline's A Subprime Education is available on DVD. To order, visit shoppbs.org or call 1 800 Play PBS. Frontline is also available for download on iTunes. Thank you.